up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Hope you're doing well. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, Ivan Lovgren. Ivan, how are you this evening? I read the notes. Awesome. Uh, we have a lot packed in tonight, so we're just going to dive right in. The Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll is up, and man, has it been getting a lot of engagement. Uh, so we wanted to know, what is the most annoying hobby term? And we gave you some choices. One is pop, as in population. Two is comp or comps. Three is sick. And four is other. And leading the way, I'm happy to say, well, no, it just changed. <laughs> it was other. This I is the problem like, when you get 328 votes I know. It, before I, the show even starts. I like it when, when other dominates because a lot of you people had some really good stuff going on. Um, yeah, shocking. We actually like feedback. So give us thoughts. Give us quotes. Reply on Twitter, twitter.com slash go GTS live. We think that we're pretty smart people, but actually uh, at least one of us knows he's not. And I like hearing what you guys have to say. So I'm always excited when there's a good other option. And I'm actually in that category today, Rob. But uh you're very, yeah. dis you're very disparaging, Ivan. You're very smart person. You know, I'm smart, but it, uh, I, I'm analytically smart, but there's a lot that I don't know. And that's why I like when people fill me in on what I don't know or what they think. Uh, I am noticing that the, the box seems to... Oh, there it is. Okay, it went. Um, but yeah, so getting back to that. Sick just did a takeover. But what was your thoughts for this? Um, aside from my tongue-in-cheek response, which is when you can't understand the difference between a patch and a swatch, I have several, um, three of which are listed, um, <laughs> and then two other dominant ones are non-auto and um, eBay one-of-one. One. But I need some help understanding something that kept coming up. So, like, like we said, now is now is when you can educate us. What is this whole dollar, not a dollar thing that people? Oh, I don't. Get oh, it. I know, I know. I can fill you in on that. Okay. Um, although I will say, so I did not. I did not even think. I, I felt like the whole point of this poll was more of a vernacular. Those things annoy me in eBay listings. The non-auto, the eBay one of one, but I don't actually see. Like nobody that I've ever talked to at the national has said not when they're selling a card, right? Nobody, that's an eBay right. thing, not a. And that's a why thing. I, I went. I was thinking along your lines, vernacular. That, that's kind of what not, I got from the way the tweet, eBay list. The tweet was first. We've asked that question. Yeah, exactly. Too. Um, but I will say, um, I had trouble because there isn't a whole lot that people say that bothers me, except uh, one thing that Alex Kent also dropped in the. Uh, the chat, which is invest. We could go on about that all day. And we've got an exciting show where we'll probably touch on that a little bit with some of our guests. Um, but the $1 thing. So here's what it is. And yet you do it all the time. We were just talking about it before the show aired. We're talking about making money, but I don't say invest. Long discussion. <laughs> Long discussion tomato, for another day. Tomato, tomato, buddy. That's the problem is that that's not the case. Thanks for just making that a PSA nine, by the way. Um, <laughs> The uh, that is the case. You invest to make money, right? 
Yes, but that doesn't mean that everything that makes money is an investment. But if you're buying something with the hope of being able to make a profit. So do I invest in lottery tickets when I buy them? That's an investment. Is a lottery ticket an well, investment? No, that's a gamble. Okay. But I'm buying but it with the it, hope of making it, money. No, 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 no. It doesn't have intrinsic worth in and of itself. Th- that's the key distinguishing. That's just a piece of paper. <laughs> Not true with the trading. Yeah, 48 card. pieces of paper right here. Um, so the $1 thing, what the $1 thing means is that... No, no, let's go back and argue first more about invest. Uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm, I want to explain the $1 thing because it popped up multiple times, not only in the responses, but also in the chat. And you said you don't understand it. No, I don't. I don't. I've never heard. So of the that. reason why is certain websites such as OfferUp, which is a local site I could go sell this backdrop on if anybody wanted a backdrop in Los Angeles, you have to put a price. Facebook Marketplace, I think you also have to put a price. So what people would do is they put one dollar, oh. so that you click on that Michael Jordan rookie and are like, oh, it's a dollar, and then you send them a message and they're like, yeah, it's twenty five hundred and three dollars. But they can't list it without putting a dollar figure. But they don't want you to know the dollar figure because they know that you won't show interest if they put $300 on their, you know, uh, Juan Uribe rookie card. So they put not a dollar? No, so they put one dollar. And then... uh, Oh, and then it's not really a dollar. Yeah. what they were... The people who said exactly, that but it's come it's come full circle to where now people will put not adult like you know some people do that as a joke or because they're serious you know so there's a couple of reasons. So yeah, but, how yeah. should I have better? Fr- I, I I didn't think I could get much more. I mean, well, it's mainly the ones that you posted that don't something? really annoy me. Like I I have others that do annoy me, but the ones you posted don't really annoy me. Like pop, like yeah, yeah. It's how else are you going to talk about a comp? How else are you going to talk? What what's annoying about those? versus comparable comparison similar like comp actually to be it's like for a hit it's like a hipster doofus term okay <laughs> which one is the most annoying of all of those to you and, and pop like pop pop one is it really going to kill you to like say a sentence well, it will because this card has a population of one. Twitter only allows 240 characters, so yeah, sometimes you got to squeeze stuff in there, right? Um, Ted Dastic says SP. Every yeah, single card, no SP. matter how rare Everything. or common, is considered an SP. But I don't think that's true because I, you know, it may be misused. That would be a different one. What's the most misused term in the hobby? Write that down in your pen and paper for next week. I still, I, I still want to get, I, I still want to, I still want you to make a valid argument of how when you spend money with the hopes of making more money, that that doesn't count as an investment. That's a completely different discussion that I've had way too often, way too many times. And multiple people agree with me. So you can't say it's not a valid argument just because you disagree. It's clearly a valid argument with the amount of people that agree with me. Not saying it's right either. Not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's a valid argument. But so it's an opinion. Yeah, it's a valid argument. Um, I'm looking through the list though for more. Uh, Mike Buzzard, my kid bid on the app. Can you cancel my order? Well, that's not one word, but yes, it's very annoying. Um, 
invest invest hey it's deja vu all over again with emily class how are you from Tom, just emily. as good as i was seven days ago if not better awesome good <laughs> to hear it well thank you so much for coming back and did did you get the cards i sent you you bet i did i have them nice. all right here got my orca whale um my giant sea star that one got me <laughs> fired up so i'm i'm really excited thank you again for sending them hopefully we get some more behemoths beneath tonight and uh thank you for having me back on like we said last week um you know i could only get get a uh, retail box your way but now we've got the hobby box so this one should be fun tonight absolutely so does the hobby box have autographed behemoths beneath <laughs> they are uh, waterproof <laughs> that would actually be a, hey wait a minute emily have you talked to anybody about that yet a <laughs> you know waterproof what? insert it's really funny um because we actually just today had our very first initial kickoff meeting for 2021 alan and ginter um Did so you? it's just it's very good timing today it is very good timing because my mom called me today, Emily, <laughs> with a suggestion for a trading card. And I, I said, you know what, mom, that's a really good point, actually. And I said, I know just the product that it could go into. And we're having that person on the show tonight. Did you read about that 96 year old woman in Kentucky who bowled a 300 this week? Wow, that is incredible. That tell me I, that I, tell me that that is not Alan and Ginter. Worthy. That is quintessential Alan and Ginter. Yeah, so I, I think it. that would be awesome. So <laughs> we got a beautiful Alan and Ginter uh, box topper. Freddie Freeman. Nice. MVP candidate Freddie Freeman. Yeah, the box toppers are fun, too, because you go from this massive card all the way down to the minis. So <laughs> when you say you have everything in Allen and Ginter, you really do. And look at that. We got a relic right off the bat. Edward Rodriguez. Patch from his uniform there. Courtney Hansen. Mini. And one of those, hey, 432 Park Avenue again. There we go. Right outside my window. Oh, Robin, yeah. He's one of the first guys that got me into baseball cards. So again, though, Emily, I think we glossed over this. Printing technology that is waterproof as an SP insert. There's, sort of like some, the there's something the there. There's something there, Ivan. I think that would be a, a really cool thing. I mean, we can we can make glow in the dark card, so why not? What's out of the question, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then it, uh, then Pedro Martinez in an Expos uniform. That's a cool choice. Oh, that is a cool one. Who's that, Paul DeYoung? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Ooh, Taipei 101. <laughs> Oh, 101. Yeah, I was just, I was going to say, whoa, that's, do they have one of ones of the building cards? It's just a piece of the building included in the card. Yeah, that God, would also I'm, be cool too. Like if you're doing these building cards, what about a piece of, piece of building? There you Alan, go. Aaron Wheels Fotheringham, wheelchair motocross athlete and a genuine piece of memorabilia. 
Yeah, if you do not or have do not know who Aaron Fotheringham is or have not seen him, I strongly, strongly encourage everyone to go check out his Instagram. Um, he, he's like it says a wheelchair athlete, and it's just absolutely amazing to watch. Um, so definitely would encourage checking in that out. That's our second relic right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah, so we're looking for three hits total. So we've still got one in this box, though. Don't give up on it yet. But yeah, Sean Sean Penn's fan one just added stadium relic cards. Yep, there'd be some cool demand for them. I feel like we've seen them a little bit before, similar things. Especially in Heritage MILB, I know we have. I was really looking forward to Cornstark cards. I we know we talked a little bit about that, but with the Field of Dreams getting canceled. And actually, um, there have been cards of that in the past, which is interestingly enough. Hey, Chipper. Yeah, relics are, uh, as you guys know, ne never out of the question for us. We're always thinking of, um, you know, unique ways to use them. So I can imagine a uh, Field of Dreams relic card. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. Never mind just the base, right? More fun glow in the darks. Long ball lore, Mike Schmidt. Love those long ball lore cards too. The design is just really vintage and they it, pop. Yeah, play, plays into Allen and Ginter really well. So what what came up in today's meeting? Well, I'll share with you some of uh, my suggestions. Uh, so we have a couple of different meetings. Um, you know, first and foremost, just to kick things off with a few of us, and then it gets a little bigger and a little bigger. We have a you know all inclusive staff meeting about who should be in Allen and Ginter. That's a cool piazza that you just pulled. And so, um, as part of my suggestions that we talked on the show last week, I said to them that uh, the idea of a Project Twenty Twenty artist uh, subset. Uh, came up, um, you know, and I, I we came up for us last week, so I made sure that uh, brought that up to the team this week. There you go, Ivan. Yep. <laughs> so uh, that she was related. Uh, I did. <laughs> I told you I would. Uh, I, I did. Um, so that we was that was one that, that. came up. Uh, who? Let me think. Who else? We we were kind of playing around with this idea, and of course, um, you know, this is all just spitballing and us having this this fun meeting. But it would be really fun to see people as their famous characters. So for example, Will Ferrell, but it would be his card as Ron Burgundy. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there we go. So that's so funny you say that because somebody just said, hey, pull a Kenny Powers auto. Mm -hmm. And I just realized Danny McBride is in this set, but again, it's not as Kenny <laughs> Powers, it's right, as exactly. Danny McBride. And uh, we should have warned the audience that, that I have, I do not have good luck with Allen and Ginter. So I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever pulled an auto from Allen and Ginter. Uh, really? I don't have that kind of, yeah. Dang yeah. It. Emily. So my address is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the Kenny powers, it's the same kind of concept, right? Imagine having Steve Carell. Um, but really he's, you know, as, as his character from the office or any other one of his fun characters. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it could be, uh, yeah, that was one of them that popped up. And, you know, there's just so many names that get thrown out there. And, and it's fun because you're like, great, now how do we get in touch with them? <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can throw out all the names we want, but then it comes down to the logistics. And, you know, our licensing team, you know, really does a great job with Alan and Ginter as far as getting in, in touch with agents. And, you know, they're definitely 
do not get the credit that they deserve, the licensing team, because they're such a behind the scenes and essential part of, of it all. But, uh, you know, we're thinking of, oh, who does I who do I know that uh, might know someone else we want in the set or what other talent have we had who might know some other people that they could forward mm-hmm. us over to. So those kind of conversations pop up as well. Yeah, I know for those of us in the industry um, for a while now, we've had this conversation, but we have a lot of new viewers. The hobby's grown a lot. Talk about that, like what makes licensing and creating this product different from Topps flagship, you know, archives, any of those products where you're dealing with the Players Association? Sure, absolutely. Um, You know, it's funny. uh, I'll say that this year, because how it's been such a unique season and there's been so many call ups, um, you know, we've just been signing a lot of these prospects to deals and we, you know, or all of a sudden they pop up and we say, hey, that would make a great Tops Now card, but they're not actually signed up with the with the Players Association yet because they're, uh, you know, so new to the game. So that's something that's been, you know, popping up a little bit this year um, as far as, uh, you know, not really having the the minor leagues this season. So it's definitely, mm. you know, been on and it's been interesting to, to watch the guys adjust and, uh, you know, especially our licensing team. I mean, they've just been doing a, a, a really great job over the past couple of months and everything's just moving so fast. So kudos to them. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting to see how those deals happen. And then, of course, uh, you know, Alan and Ginter, it takes, you know, outside of the baseball players, uh, you have deals with guys like Paul Rudd and Ludacris. And it just is, is such another world when you, uh, you know, dip your toes into the world of entertainment and pop culture than it is with baseball players since they're all, you know, represented by by, you know, the Players Association. So yeah. pr- pretty unique stuff. And I, I will pause for a sec because um, Rob just pulled that that nine ways to first insert. And I have two of them here. And I just absolutely love those cards. I think it's such a cool uh, trivia question, nine ways mm-hmm. to first. Um, yep, it's very so, cool. Very, yeah, I totally so, agree with you. Yeah, I thought that was a, a really, you know, nice addition to this year's set. I saw you pulled that one. We've got a quick shout out from the chat um, for getting Ryan Nyquist and Bucky Lasik in this year. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out from a collector. (laughs) Nice. You know, it's so fun to see what all of our collectors, you know, who they who they kind of are attracted to in Alan and Ginter, because Mm -hmm. while I might love someone like an Andy Cohen, Ivan might say, who's Andy Cohen? Yeah, (laughs) precisely. And uh, but again, I got excited last year for Brian Fallon and people would say the same thing. Who's Brian Fallon? And I'm like, uh, he's great. Yeah, Oop. exactly. And, and I think that's the fun part about Alan and Ginter is because there's literally something for everyone in there. Yep. Love this, the design on those minis. Yeah. Does this border have a name? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to check on that for you tomorrow because I don't know it off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I, I was um, I had some some product and I had this uh, Brianna Scurry one with that, which I thought was super cool. And um, that same type of design around the border, which I absolutely loved. So, yeah, that's just a really cool it's, design. Yeah, it's just the black border, which is one in black. 10 packs, but um, there's no other different borders. But yeah, one in 10 packs. So you should expect about two of those per hobby box. And I think we've there's the one. other one. There you go. John Casey. Right on time. So. Very cool. 
And the, the other thing is you got to check. So gogts.net has the checklist for this product. Um, so you want to check with the checklist because there are SPs as well as just regular, like the sets broken down in a couple of different ways. Um, so you want to check that. And then there's also different backs to the minis. So that's the first one of these I've seen. Booming cities. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so some of them will have no number on the back, which might be kind of hard to spot. I'd have to see an example of that. Those are limited to 50, but they're not numbered either. So it's not like it's numbered to indicate that. you got to flip over your minis and check and see if they're missing the number. And there's a Bucky Elastic for you. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's so funny because that is just so Allen and Ginter, the way that the brand team does that. And, um, you know, you have this layer of a really strange, wacky product, and then they just, you know, add layers and layers and layers on top of it. So that's uh, one of the reasons it's one of my favorite products. You just really don't know what you're going to get around every turn. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I believe Tony Hawk was uh, in the set a couple years ago, but seeing yes, he was. Bucky Lassick just uh, you know jogged my my memory that uh, you know he was in it, and uh, I think that uh, he was on our list today of um, you know just someone who we've had in it previously and who maybe his agent knows or someone we can get in contact with because we've gotten such great feedback about you know the Bucky Lassics and Ryan mm-hmm. Nyquist of the world. And we know that people like having them in the product. So we kind of started going down that path today of uh, you know those types of athletes, uh, especially as the Olympics comes up. I think that kind of gives you a, uh, a, a unique perspective on all the, uh, the not major sports that we see on our TVs every day. Yeah. Got a Chip Gaines card in there, huh? And and I will say, I think it's very interesting how a lot of those not major sports that we don't see every day, because of what we're going through as a as a world, a country, a nation, who, however you want to break it down. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the explosion of soccer cards. Well, part of that I think was due to soccer coming back before a lot of other sports. Um, you know, Tops is getting into F1 cards. I, you know, full disclosure, I bought some of them, you know, <laughs> um, but it's like, it's really cool. I think how a lot of these with people having just a little more time at home, as well as some different unique sports coming back almost more fully just because of their style than some of the big team sports, we've seen an attention shift into some of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't think I didn't see you tweeting at us at, at 1.30 a.m. last night asking where the Lewis Hamilton print run In fact, actually, was. Emily, I need to ask, <laughs> was it you that told them to get that up? Because sometimes some of those more independent products, the, the smaller, the MLS and those things, sometimes the print runs are two or three days behind. And I noticed it was up sharp the next day. <laughs> Do I have you to thank for that? Uh, that's so funny. Love that Rob Freeman card p- pitching ninja. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, you know our black. Mini yeah, you've pulled a bunch pulled. of them so one far. One in ten packs. How many bet you've opened forty? So there you go. Odds are just that. They're odds. You can break them. Exactly it. Um, yeah, no, our uh, our team that handles the website has um, you know of course we've we've you know due to the whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. And as, uh, you know, people have been at home and ordering a lot more online, we started to put out a lot more, you know, e-commerce offerings. And so our, our e-com team has been working around the clock, trying to make improvements where they can, you know, don't, don't think we don't know that there definitely can't be improvements made to the site. And so, um, you know, everything is just, uh, manual as far as getting those print run numbers up. So, 
unfortunately, when it takes, uh, you know, an extra day or two, it's just uh, because the team is uh, working hard and a bit behind their work. But uh, yeah, that Lewis Hamilton one uh, came through with strong numbers for his first card. So that was fun to see. And I'm excited to see what other products that they uh, have coming up for Formula One specifically. Yeah, it should be awesome. I was so excited when the solicitation came for for Dynasty. I thought that was one of the perfect products to to pair it with. And I think you guys have done a really good job with the UFC not flooding the market, just keeping that, you know, just a few key products. And if you guys do the same with F1, you'll be in good shape. Um, So I'm sure that's the plan and anxious to see some shiny chrome of Lewis Hamilton and the rest of the Mercedes team. Yeah, for sure. Dynasty is uh, definitely a good one for F1. It's just such a clean product. It's, it's just gorgeous. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you know, you mentioned soccer too. Um, and that's definitely one that we're, you know, trying to get a lot more behind now, especially because, you know, it was one of the first ones to come back. And so uh, agreed that it, you know, kind of sparked people's interest in, in soccer cards. So definitely one we're trying to get behind as well. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to both Emily and Rob. Uh, I just had a package come in today. It was sitting on top of my desk and I forgot what was in it. It was from you, Rob. Uh, but really, it's from Emily. It's that card from last week. It, it did arrive safely. So, um, <laughs> but Emily, I've heard that this is 2019. So sorry to go back a year promoting, but thank you. But I've heard there's only 10 of these. Is that right? <laughs> there is 10 uh, framed autos that were in the product itself. Uh, uh, um, okay. gotcha. So on. Unfortunately, I didn't give you my framed auto. That one's in my binder. I bought it off eBay. I'd actually um, be very impressed, though, if one of the packed out ones said, Ivan, thank you for having me on the show. An inscription um, is much better than that. But we did have a collector in the chat ask, where can I find one of those numbered to 10 ones? Have eBay. you seen them pop up much? Uh, right when the product first came out last year, there was one on eBay. And it's a funny story because um, my dad and I both love baseball cards. We collect together. And, and so I'm so excited. And I, I'm like, dad, it's on eBay. The auction ends tonight. Like we have to bid on it. We have to get this card because it was actually in the product. It's not just, um, you know, like a sample card, which is, which is what you have Ivan and, and, and Rob as well. And so I'm like, dad, we, we got a bid on it. He's online. I think that, you know, it ended at nine, 10 at night. And at the last second, he just gets snubbed at the last second and uh. we didn't get it. And, and we're both like, oh, man, it was just, you know, we don't know if it was going to ever pop up again because there is only <laughs> 10 of them. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was, oh, uh, it, it was a really funny night of going back and forth. My dad was so confident that he was going to get that card for, for me and my collection. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, another one popped up and uh, I think it had the uh, buy it now option on it. So it wasn't just an auction and I said, uh, you know, dad, another one popped up, but it's gone. And then the next time I went home to see him, he's like, here's the reason it's gone. And it's because he bought it. So uh, it was really cool. It was number eight of 10. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really that is fun awesome. to see that pop up. As someone who has oh, met your father, so cool. uh, I can tell firsthand that um, he is your biggest fan. Most definitely. So that that story does not surprise me in the <laughs> least. That's awesome. That's oh yeah, he's. Um, I think so he's cool. tuned in tonight. So if he is, hi dad. He was uh, loved the show last week. So uh, kudos to you guys. But um, yeah, it was it was really funny. We were uh, you know on the phone right as the auction ended, and we're just like, oh no. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was great. I um, I offered on our you know call today to be an Allen and Ginter again, but I think they're sick of me. So. <laughs> they're like easy. Yeah, easy. yeah, they're sick of me now. So 2019 was my shining moment. Well, I can also tell you from our Twitch chat, just seeing you on, being transparent, letting us have insight, and your personality has won you even more fans. So maybe at least by next year, there'll be enough demand for 10 more Emily Class autos in a new product. <laughs> that's sweet. I appreciate it. Um, and obviously appreciate everyone, you know, that's on and tuned in and listening. But, you know, it's not about me. It's about tops. And and I think the the cool part about being able to come on and have some FaceTime with you guys is that it really just, you know, is able to show the the human side of tops. Um, like any company, it's, um, you know, sometimes you get your, your epic wins and sometimes you have moments that are frustrating, like a print run not being up until two days later when you're just looking for your Lewis Hamilton print run. And, uh, you know, so there's moments like that, but I think, um, you know, we're, we're all human behind the computer. And uh, like I think I said this last week, it's really cool because we're, we're fans and we're collectors just as much as our fans and collectors are. So, uh, you know, it's a really, really unique place to, to work at Tops. But uh, appreciate everyone in the chat for, uh, um, you know, having, having some patience with us, especially over as we've adjusted over the past couple of months. Most definitely. We pulled um, three beautiful relic cards from this product. So what I'm going to do, Ivan, we're going to give all three away, but then I'm going to split up a bunch of the minis and then one random person will, in addition, get the box loader uh, insert. So three winners from Alan and Ginter tonight. And, Can you do uh, me that one quick uh, logistics thing and hold them up because the Skype camera was a little different, so I just need one good picture to post. I've got the tweet ready to go. And for those of you who are just tuning in to our show for the first time, remember we talked about Twitter at the beginning, um, twitter.com slash go GTS live. That's where you will go to enter to win those cards. I got it, Rob. Thank you. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. You'll see a tweet very shortly, um, but twitter.com slash go GTS live to enter to win. Awesome. Well, Emily, I know, um, you guys have had your challenges, and I was uh, so surprised to get your email and about being able to land a hobby box, and it was great to be able to show it off to the audience, and thanks for your generosity and support of the show, as always, and um, hey, back-to-back weeks. I feel so special, so <laughs> thanks for taking some time. There's no other way I would want to end my MLB regular season than uh, with the uh, la the last hobby life uh, hobby web show of, of the uh, MLB season. So maybe uh, you know, come the playoffs or come the World Series, we'll we'll have to revisit another episode, and I'll I'll try and work on uh, you know asking for some more product by then too that we can rip open on the show. Awesome. Uh, I heard you um, make mention of one of my favorite people in the hobby with reference to the hobby life show say hi to brody for us i i'm yes i slipped up there i actually um spoke to brody on monday night is why he's <laughs> top of mind for me um <laughs> uh yeah i talked to him on monday night and he was opening up some allen and ginter as well so i believe that that episode comes out um, in the next couple of days. So big shout out to Brody. It was a lot of fun being on his show. Uh, he did he did give me some rapid fire questions at the end. And uh, 
you know, he asked me New York style pizza or Chicago style pizza. And, you know, being from New Jersey, I said New York style, but apparently that was the wrong answer. That is the wrong answer, but we're going to let, we're going to let that go. We're going to let that go. Remember um, pizza, pizza toppings, Allen and Ginter 2021. <laughs> yeah. Pizza topping. Yes, definitely. We'll uh, we'll bring it up as a for for another subset the next time we have another Allen and Ginter meeting. I got you. Rip cards with both pizzas, vice versa. So Chicago rip might have the New York in it. Oh, <laughs> or vice versa. All sorts of stuff you can do. Love that. Love that. <laughs> All right, Emily. You have a great night and a great weekend. If we don't talk to you on social, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you again, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks again, and uh, happy collecting. Oh, wait. Take- oh, my God. I'm oh. so sorry. I what? forgot to mention something that I, I, to- I told myself I wanted to mention to you what? guys first. Well, I'm glad oh. we didn't hang up with you before you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be dramatic. That was really dramatic. Um, tomorrow morning, we are going to uh, tweet out and post the link to the card number one vote for 2021. Um, every year, you, you know, we, we hold a vote for fans to be able to select which player they'd like to see as card number one in the, you know, the next year's checklist. And so we've got some really good candidates up there. I'll tell you that, um, you know, collector favorite Lewis Robert is on the list and uh, a lot of other, you know, rookie sensations, MLB superstars, big names are, are all up for the card number one vote. So uh, I, I hope everyone's on the lookout to uh, see our tweets and our posts about it. Get the link and go vote tomorrow. So thank you for uh, my final PSA before I just startled everyone. Yeah, but what I want to but what I want to know is, do you think that that really would not be one of the topics during Hobby Happenings, our next segment? <laughs> I got you covered. I figured you did. I figured you did. Uh, but uh, you know, I I wouldn't be doing our social media channels. Okay, justice. fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I went so far as to vote for Luis Robert three times on three different browsers. So, you know. Wow. You're committed. I I appreciate that. Well, I don't like the three minimum. I'm willing to sit there all day and just click. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for the minimum for those that's of us a, that have real that's lives. <laughs> that's good feedback. I will uh, <laughs> maybe bump it up to five next year just for you. <laughs> All right, Emily. All right, everybody vote for card number one tomorrow. Pay attention. Tops. Sign up for notification. Tops. Yes, I did that. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Thank you guys again so much. Really, really appreciate it. I always have a blast when I come on. So thank you again. You're welcome. Take care. Bye, guys. Emily Kless, Marketing Communications Manager. Tops, the one and only. as well mm-hmm. um yeah lots of good stuff do you think robert is gonna win no who do you think is gonna win uh i don't know well you don't, you don't have any idea no nah. i think it's got to be tatis i think it's gonna be fernando tatis jr by a landslide but that's just me i could be wrong but that's who i would if i had to Mike put money Trout, on it i don't know where do we put money on it? How come nobody created a, a website where you can go create random props like that and put money on it? All right. Million dollar ideas on GoGTS Live. Uh, so make sure you go to twitter.com slash GoGTS Live 
and enter to win uh, the hits. You said each of the three relic cards and yeah. a mini bundle, or each relic is getting a couple minis thrown in with it? How do yeah, you the second part of what you said. Okay, so we've got... Uh, three relic winners, and they'll get relic. some other stuff, and some... Is that Machado I saw? The, Hernandez oh. relic and Machado? Sorry, for once I was actually yes. paying attention to the guest because Emily's there. Uh, so, Eduardo, what is this guy's name? Eduardo Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Perfect. And then a framed mini of Manny Machado. Perfect. Got it. Awesome. And Fotheringham. Oh, and the box topper. Thanks, Ascom. And the chat well, the, for It's just some random personal of the three will get that. Oh, okay. So it will be included. There's three yeah. winners. Perfect. And then D Infinity wants all the Yankees. And they said please. So no. Well, we'll wow. see. Wow. Well, they said <laughs> please. Sadly, I've had a headache for two days and, and I'm pretty salty, so you'll have to forgive me if uh, I have very short patience. That's okay. Um all right, let's dive into news notes and nuggets from around the web in this week's hobby happenings. Well, you've heard us talk about the potential treasure found in early autographs, often found in various entertainment products. Well, it appears you can now add former orphan black star Tatiana Maslany to the list, as it was recently announced that she's landed the lead role as Marvel She-Hulk in the forthcoming series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it doesn't series. get much bigger than landing a spot in the Marvel Universe. Whoa. Well, astute collectors will remember that Maslany has several autograph cards in previously released Orphan Black sets from Cryptozoic Entertainment. I even went and bought one this past week. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Congrats, Tatiana and collectors. You can still chase her autograph before she blows up. How's this for a cardboard mystery? Sports Collectors Daily reports that a cache of Patrick Mahomes rookie cards, which were originally created by Panini for autographs at their 2017 NFLPA rookie premiere, right over there, have turned up in a very unlikely place, a Kansas City area Goodwill store. So no, they weren't taken and sold for profit either. They just ended up at a charity. In 2017, Panini created Next Day cards that were signed by 37 of the players at the rookie premiere and designated for insertion into the special packs they distribute as redemptions for collectors buying Panini products during the 2017 National Sports Collectors Convention. However, not many of the signed Mahomes cards from those packs ever actually emerged. So how did they end up in a Goodwill store? We may never know, but check out the full story on Sports Collectors Daily. Stock X, which, as you know, offers a stock market style bid ask platform for trading cards, has been tracking pricing data for basketball cards since the NBA restarted its season in late July. Their data shows what happens in the playoffs has had a big impact on both card values and sales volume. Sports Collectors Daily takes a look at five players who've seen major fluctuations in the price and sales of their most popular trading cards 
during the restart. So be sure to check out the full article on Sports Collectors Daily for complete details. There is one unfortunate story surrounding Allen and Ginter. You know, we, we deal with quality control from time to time. This story does have a happy ending, though. An astute collector on Facebook, who is a mass collector of Mr. Rogers memorabilia, noticed an error with this Allen and Ginter one-of-one cut signature card of Mr. Rogers. It turns out that the signature used to make the card originated from this press photo, which was printed with a facsimile signature on one side, even though Mr. Rogers would sign the other side in through the mail request from fans. However, the facsimile signature was always on that side as evidenced by the position of the letter R on the wrinkles of Mr. Rogers' famous red sweater. It was, in fact, the signature from the other side, which was supposed to be used, and that Tops has now publicly acknowledged. So they let collectors know they've made contact with the card's owner and will be remaking the card for them free of charge. So, yeah, a bit of a mistake, but look, it was made right. So thanks for bringing it to everyone's attention. All's well that ends well. Uh, you obviously know who at least one of the people are in this picture. Well, the other you might recognize from his recent spring training interviews with various MLB players for Tops. Hollywood actor and stuntman Tony Todd, who was a stuntman in the blockbuster movie Black Panther and is a regular in celebrity softball games throughout the country, simply forgot that he owned this. A game-used and autographed bat of Michael Jordan's that he used in the 1994 Arizona Fall League. Todd recently told USA Today that during the original airing of The Last Dance, a fan who remembered Todd once mentioning of the bat on social media reached out and asked if he'd still had it. Todd said, quote, I had totally forgotten I had the MJ bat, to be honest. When the guy mentioned it, I sprinted through the house like Carl Lewis. I'm running around the house going, where's the bat? Where's the bat? I couldn't find it. And finally it hit him. Todd raced out to the garage where he keeps a vintage 1966 Pontiac Le Mans, popped the trunk, and lo and behold, there it was. <laughs> the bat is now one of the featured items in Memory Lane's 20th anniversary auction. Wow. Can, can we stop just a minute to talk about having a 1966 Pontiac Le Mans <laughs> as your storage vehicle for your collectibles? Insane story. I love it. As a lot of you are already aware, knowing who's who on a checklist of any Bowman baseball card product can be a tricky thing because a lot of these players have not yet appeared in minor league games, let alone any major league games. Fortunately, you have our library of future watch player profiles on GoGTS.net to refer to. You also have another great resource in Ryan Holland from Real Breaks, who breaks down all the top prospects in the recently released Bowman Chrome product. So check out their Twitter timeline, twitter.com slash realbreakslive, for a number of short, quick-hitting videos on the players they deem worth chasing. Great work, yeah, Ryan. Very. 
Uh, this 2013-14 Panini National Treasures Giannis Logoman card was purchased for a modern-day basketball record of $1.82 million by only Alt Official, a company whose mission statement says is to increase the transparency and liquidity of alternative assets. Well, the sale broke that of the previous record holder, this LeBron James card, which sold for $1.8 million just two months ago and was also purchased by only Alt Official. You see, Alt is a new platform set to launch on October 1st that will allow investors to, to manage trading cards and other alternative assets similar to the way they manage more traditional assets like stocks and bonds. Co-founder Lior Avidar told Axios, quote, at the core of the platform is alt proprietary alt value, which allows customers to get real-time valuations on their investments. He said to think of it of alt value as the equivalent of Zestimate, which is Zillow's tool for estimating the market value of a house. But instead, this would be for trading cards, art, and other non-conventional assets. Well, I'm sure we will have more about alt official when they launch October 1st. We recently told you about an upcoming partnership between Beckett and Collectible Insurance Services. We now have a few more details to share with you. According to Sports Collectors Daily, the offer is exclusive to users of Beckett's collecting software. The deal offers insurance to dealers and collectors who have already plugged their cards, autographs, and memorabilia items into Beckett's database. Beckett will then assist customers in applying for quotes based on the value of the collection they have stored online. CIS agents will then finalize each collector's policy. So, great offering, great way to organize and keep your collection protected. Good job. Yeah, very cool. Well, industry veteran Jamie Kiskis is on the move, the co-founder of Upper Deck's first product development team and most recently vice president of marketing and product development at Cryptozoic Entertainment. Kiskis has accepted an offer with Collectors Universe and becomes their vice president of product development. As someone who has spoke with Jamie on a scheduled call every other week for the last three years, I will miss our personal connection, but I wish him great success in his new endeavors. Congrats, Jamie. Sports Collectors Daily also reported this week that the Sports Card and Memorabilia Expo in Canada, as well as the Chicago Sports Spectacular, have both canceled their in-person shows originally scheduled for November. The move doesn't come as much of a surprise with local orders on public gatherings still in place across much of North America, but the promoters of each show are teaming up to host a single virtual event instead. Applications for dealer booths at the event will open October 1st, while registration for collectors will begin October 8th. We'll have more details as they come available. And as Emily mentioned earlier, the annual voting for which MLB player will garner the coveted number one 
designation in the 2020 Topps flagship baseball set is officially underway. Topps has pre-selected 19 players to choose from, and now it's up to you. Voting runs through September 30th. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. I noticed you didn't yell at her for not reading the notes. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Been, been waiting for that one all day, um, or at least since she brought it up. Um, super cool. Hey, I do want to touch on that Fred Rogers thing real quick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not, not exactly the story, but there's something interesting. I noticed this like two years ago. Um, and, you know, I, I worked in Hollywood for a celebrity um, for a few years. And uh, it was one thing that, that that person did when they got there through the mail requests. If it did not have a name in, a, in the letter, they wouldn't sign it. They always signed everything personalized because they didn't want what we see of people, you know, selling stuff on eBay. Well, Mr. Rogers, I have looked for years and it is almost impossible to find a Mr. Rogers autograph that doesn't have a personalization on it, especially if it's an eight by 10 or a five by seven um, photos. So one, it's hard in general just to find a Fred Rogers or a Mr. Rogers autograph that is not part of something bigger. So that cut is a pretty incredible pull. Um, but also very good job, of course, on tops for recognizing the error, promising to fix it. Um, but yeah, just kind of cool. So if you're ever out there in the wild somehow, somewhere, and you see a Fred Rogers autograph that's not personalized, you know, that's that's a huge find, just as an FYI. Cool. Um. Patrick Mahomes does not seem like the type of person that would have taken those cards and just dumped them. Well, especially um, when you consider the event is far, far away from home, right? It's right. Plus, well, you have to remember Panini was Panini was at his house for that draft. That was someone that mm. they 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 clung on to from the very beginning. They had a relationship with. So I'm just wondering. If, you know, there was just extras that kind of just got, you know, whatever, discarded or whatever. But it is kind of interesting, isn't it? It's it's interesting. I don't know that there would necessarily be extras, though, because didn't they say that uh, like or in the article, at least you, it said that it's very rare versus some of the other players from that set, like a, a very limited number of the signed ones popped up. Um but again, like the interesting part to me is that they ended up at a charity that people donate stuff to. It's not like somebody took them to try to sell them. Um, but how crazy cool is that? You know? Yeah. So they're starting to pop up on eBay. So. Well, I hope the goodwill got at least a good chunk for that box. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So we've got a few minutes before we uh, bring on special guest Brian Gray, CEO of Leaf Trading Cards. For years, Brian has had a previous commitment on Thursday nights, uh, but does not any longer. And so he is making his debut appearance on Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show, which is really hard to believe because 
when I was hosting Cardboard Connection Radio and prior to that, Card Corner Club Radio, uh, Brian was kind of a regular. So uh, we, we have some topics we're going to discuss with um, with Brian, including uh, his take on the explosive growth of interest in the hobby, uh, find out what challenges they've faced during the pandemic, and get his take on some properties that or sports that may not be being serviced in the hobby right now that could be popular in his opinion so we'll check in and get his takes on all of that when he joins us here in a few minutes uh anything else you wanted to break down from hobby happenings there were kind of a a a ton of little nuggets you know there's a ton of i i I wanted to bring up something else though that i actually just tweeted from the go gts live because we really just jumped into the show tonight we didn't tell people after Brian, we've got $1,500 in MSRP wax still to break tonight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're new to the did show. We not, and, did we not mention that? Uh, I, I don't my think. My head it, really hurts, man. I've, no worries. I've that, had it for like two full days. It's insane. That's, that's um, why I brought it up is just to let people know. Like, we also still have even more giant box breaks to do. Um, it's only two boxes, but with the price of wax and the sport slash uh, level of product it is. We've got some really big stuff still to do tonight. So Yeah, check it out right here. We've got Mosaic Football and Contenders Optic Basketball. Wow. And those you have been hot at. You've been so hot at basketball this this year. Well, I mean, I've got the right shirt on, right? Yeah, exactly. Although some, you haven't showered. Did you shower? I have showered. I haven't washed it, but I have showered. Mm. I can't shower either. That was I. I mean, we'll find out tonight. We'll find out if you washed off all the mojo. Ah, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, We also are going to shirt. By the way, who's on the back of that? Layton. 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 Layton Sports. Which is funny because. Someone actually said in the poll and in, in their reply one, that their biggest uh, hobby term annoyance is boom. So I can't I imagine they probably don't watch the show. Though. No. So they actually, the other the funny poll. thing was I thought they were going to be connected, but they weren't. But Layton did respond at Rich Layton 42 to the poll, but not to that tweet, the not to the boom response. So I thought that was really funny. But Layton just responded, yikes. And I think they were probably expecting a lot of people to come in with boom. <laughs> but uh, no, surprisingly, nowhere near as annoying as 17 other terms that people have thrown out there so far. Um, yeah. I, like uh, I got to say, so, I, I want to do a tally. I feel like of the others, eBay one of one is definitely pulling, but I feel like invest is pretty high up there. Uh, it could be. Uh, it's it's listed multiple times, but we haven't even gotten through what's on the rest of the show yet. So um, we're going to take a look at the legendary Vin Scully collection. Uh, we've got five products to showcase in Hot in the Shop next week. And we have an off the post uh, from Russ Cohen, who sat in on the media session with Cal McCarr, who won NHL Rookie of the Year. Uh, so we've got all that still to come along with Brian Gray, who James is probably efforting to get on here. 
All right. Now, I still vote for if this goes well, we need to somehow, even if it's pre-recorded during the day, but we need like a three minutes of Brian every week on the show. I think that would be a great segment. I'll leave that up to you since you volunteered it. Well, but he, he just has to hit record on a Zoom and then email <laughs> to James. That's all. I'll send him an email saying that. <laughs> Oh, that's but wouldn't that be fun. great? Just like like the Andy Rooney on uh, 60 Minutes. Just like, here's Brian Gray's take of the week. I would love that. Have you decided who to vote for for card number one? I already told you, Tatis. It's got to be Tatis. No, you said, you said that's who you thought yeah, was I going know. to win, but, but that's I also... also who you would vote for? Yeah, that's who I would vote for. I'd say he was iconic for this year. And, you know, usually that's who gets number one for the next year. Wow, that is an office. I need to hire Brian's organizer to come to my <laughs> my room. <laughs> All right, we are pleased to be joined by Leaf CEO and founder Brian Gray, who's busting his cherry with the first appearance on web show. What is up, Mr. Gray? How are you guys? Yeah, it's been years in the making, and we're finally at the finish line. It's unbelievable. One of the two. I was telling the audience that when I had the previous radio show, it seemed like you were on all the time, but because of a previous engagement on Thursday nights, you were unable to join us, but I'm glad you can join us this evening. Thanks. I'm proud to say it was Bible study that kept me away in the past, but now we do Friday mornings at 6 a.m., so I, I, have, I have free time again, so that's very okay. nice. Well, there you go. There you go. So, you know, gosh – there's a hundred million things that we could talk to you about, but I did want to narrow the scope just a little bit. And so I sent you some questions ahead of time because I thought these were a few questions that number one, um, are specific to you and that you could give a bit, uh, if not specific to you could give a very interesting opinion about. So first I wanted to talk about obviously the explosive growth in the hobby. Okay. As you know, it's been it's been nuts. it's been beyond anything any of us in the industry could have envisioned. And so, what do you, I mean? We've we've all added, you know, made the list of the things that that have created this perfect storm. To you, is it just that? Was it a perfect storm, or is there something more specific and concrete? Well, well, this this. This phenomenon, I think, is very real. A lot of people don't, a lot of people question, like, where did this come from? Sorry about that. It's a, is it a COVID issue? Is it a, people have nothing else to do. They got tax refunds. They're, you know, what I, people have, are having a really hard time explaining this. But, you know, the, I heard you talking about the alt acquisitions with a Golden. And I think you now have a new group of investors who poured into this business who see this as an alt investment. A true alt, like wine, art, whatever you want to say. And honestly, I've had to reset my mind around this, but I now see trading cards as art. And it's really abstract to think that way because I've been a card nerd for so many years. But I'm looking at cards and I'm thinking, these truly are like finite limited edition prints. And we have to think about our assets that way now that the world is seeing what we've collected for years as something else as something else. And I think... 
it's unique, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, people collected artwork before it was investment worthy. People used to drink wine and they loved old wines because they were fantastic. But ultimately, they saw something deeper and something more there. And I think we have to allow ourselves to reset how we're thinking. And when you start to think like that, I can get my arms around the fact that we have massive amounts of money pouring into our industry. And it is massive. This is not a handful of guys pouring a bunch of money in. This is thousands of people pouring millions of dollars into the business and into these assets because they have outperformed most asset classes over the last 10, 20 years. Look at any five-year period, we've outperformed most of those alt investments, short of Bitcoin's rise from $1 to 10000 <laughs> You know, short ten, of that, we've outperformed everything. So do you think that, you know, that's been one of the things that people have said, you know what, all this new money, it's a handful of people. And so you think it's thousands of people with deep pockets. Yeah. I, I talk to hedge fund guys that are pouring in millions of dollars and, and they're looking at, I mean, this is going to get bigger. I don't think we've touched. I think we're scratching the surface of what's possible. Now, with that being said, you know, people are going to have to be ready because anytime things like this become alt investment assets, the volatility is going to increase. And we've seen this steady, crazy increase. But here and there, when teams got knocked out of the basketball playoffs, we saw some things soften up a little bit. You know, when Luca got knocked out, his stuff softened up a little bit. When Giannis got knocked out, his stuff softened up a little bit. There you go. <laughs> so that's the issue. So we have to be prepared for this volatility. And you just have to say, you know what? Tesla's volatile, and it's been a great investment. Apple's been volatile, it's been a great Amazon's been volatile, it's been a great investment. So, I mean, you just have to be prepared for that. But I think it's very real. It's not a Gary V hype job where it's two guys in a garage tricking everyone into thinking things are worth more. There is serious money chasing these assets. And these assets aren't limited to just cards. I can tell you that. I think you'll see consolidation in our industry because I think there's outside money looking at companies in our industry. And saying this is an industry we want to be in for the long term. <clears throat> it's interesting that you make that point. One of the things that I I've talked about internally is you have all this new money coming in. As a result, it's pushed, unfortunately, a large segment of the traditional collector out albeit maybe temporarily until thing, you know, that we experience that volatility or that first wave of volatility. So what do you say to the people that are just really not happy with the hobby as an investment right now? Well, I mean, you got to pivot. I mean, like if, if you're a true collector, you may not be opening wax right now because wax is not cheap. Right. I mean, boxes that were intended to be $120 or $800, and it makes, some of it makes little sense, but it doesn't really matter. If that's where the demand is, that's where it's at. So those collectors need to pivot to single cards because, honestly, I mean, again, not picking on any product, but let's say there's a box like Mosaic Football. If you're a true collector, you may be priced out on that one of opening wax, but you may not be priced out of buying those handful of cards you care about. And if you refocus, I mean, a true collector can pivot and find the new way to tackle this. Now, thank you. The guy who wants to break tons of cases, they've got to re they're going to have to also reset and get a second job because these box prices aren't coming down. 
Because I don't know about Panini and Tops. I'm sure they have the same problem we do. We can't make any more product. We can barely get the players to sign the cards they owe us already. That's why you don't see Trinity football. We can't get these guys to sign. There's no more autographs coming. Like, we're having to fight to get the autographs they owe us. So if you think Panini's going to up their production substantially, you got another thing coming. It's not happening. So get prepared for this to hurt for a long time. It's going to be hard because there's not enough assets for these customers. There's a finite asset and unlimited customers right this minute. Let's focus on the challenges that Leaf has faced during the pandemic. And how have you been able to pivot internally? What has been the effect uh, from production goals, schedules, timelines? How have you rolled with all that? Well, it's, it's been a challenge. You know, we've, um, we did have a couple of COVID cases in our office. That derailed us a little bit. You know, early in the process, we did shut down for a few weeks, two weeks. I think everyone worked from home, and then we very slowly phased back in. And the production facilities were all shut down. Graphic converting here in Dallas was shut down. We don't use them, but they were shut down. We were using the only facility that could actually print cards. So we were very blessed during COVID. We were able to print cards and get some. We actually got some products out while other people were shut down. And that was good. And it kept our employees employed and busy and all those things during, you know, the COVID craziness. But we still are having challenges. You know, these factories are not unwound. I mean, it's, it's not unwound at all. And I think um, I think you're going to see. It's going to take another three to six months, I really believe, for this thing to unwind and for the factories to catch up. They're already telling us football blasters for next year. Don't count on them. Mm. Like we have to find a new solution because they're saying April or May, and we come out with them in February. They're saying we just can't do it. We're already giving you notice. We can't do it. So we're having to find it, and we have, we've come up with a solution, a new way to do it. But it's changing everything. We're missing release dates all over the place right now, and we're missing them by a week here and there. But it's a combination of the facilities are stuck. They have too much work. Every company's shoving massive amounts of stuff. You guys want it, so we're all trying to make it. There's only three places that can print and do the cutting and all these things we need to do. It's a problem. And then the players, the football players won't return cards because they're all over the place. You know, it's a mess. It really is a mess right now because these athletes can't return the cards either. And so we don't want a redemption y'all to death. So we're dealing with this every day. It's, it's just another drama pops up and we're just trying to navigate that. We joked on the show about Valiant Football, it seemed, was on uh, Hot in the Shop every week for, for five weeks. <laughs> and I know that in addition to the autographs, with guaranteeing a minimum 9.5 grade from Beckett. So my question to you is, was the multiple delays of that related to the grading, the autographs, or both? Yes. <laughs> it's everything. It's everything. And it's really a function of we. the grading is a problem. The entire grading system is struggling, right? There's just too much, again, too much material getting shoved in a little little funnel. And so the grading was challenging. The players getting cards back because the players were bouncing all over the place. We sent cards to players one place, and then with COVID, they were suddenly somewhere else. And then they went to camp, and, oh, I forgot my cards at my mom's house, my mom's house. You know, so it's always something. And so I think it's just we, we just had a perfect storm of garbage. And the grading didn't help, and I'm not blaming Beckett. It's just people are sending so many cards. Probably this should never be graded to the grading companies. It's polluting the channel. They need to raise the prices. Just raise the prices up so high 
that there's no four dollar cards getting sent into grading. That's anymore. what I said. That's what I we talked about on the show. You need to raise the price of grading that'll decrease the volume of submissions, allowing you to get caught back up. So they raised a it's little. It's happened. Yeah, they raised the prices a little, but I, I don't know. Not, apparently not enough because still there's a lot of volume out there. Yeah. yeah, but I hear PSA is about to whack people. So when you see their new pricing, you may not you may not think it's a little. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Well, Brian, I did want to, so you mentioned the challenges during COVID, um, and I actually just jumped on Google to confirm one thing, which is Tiger King debuted March 20th, 2020. So that's one example of how despite challenges, you as a company were still able to pivot, get a unique product out because you actually got Carol Baskin autographs out to the public as just one example of a property out there that people might not have been thinking about and you were fast to pivot into. Um, so first off, kudos on that. Um, but the question is, do you see a, a sport or entertainment property, sort of a larger property that's not currently being serviced that you think could do well in the current market um, from your standpoint? Well, I think the biggest challenge is that I think there's a lot of little niches, but I think the problem is the bigger companies, the bigger you get as a company, we are dying. We can't take on little projects. So if it's something we're going to sell a couple hundred cases of, like I love those little boutique items that I have a passion for, but like we can't even think like that right now. We have to be thinking about, because the demand is so high, you know, we'll make 500 cases or 700 cases. something we'll get orders for 3000. And so it's like, how can I focus on little passion projects at a time when we can't even get these big things that the hobby's asking for because they become staples we just can't get them out. So with that being said, there are opportunities. And I'll tell you honestly, we never announced it. We had to deal with Joe Exotic. But we had to drop the deal because the prison has been shut for COVID and he couldn't sign. He was one to for us in prison. We have a contract. But we can't get in there with stickers to get them signed because the, the prison shut down because they're having mass, they've had massive COVID problems. Wow. Right there is terrible. And so we were abandoning it because we just, it took too long, even though I know there's a new season coming. Like, okay, the window, I think the window is slightly closing on that now. Even though I hear there's a movie with Nick Cage coming as the Tiger King, which could oh. be yeah, <laughs> Maybe it'll be Shut up and take yeah. my money. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but I just think it's, I think it's one of those things. There's things like that. There's AEW wrestling, which is an interesting category. But again, it's so small. WWE is probably barely worth doing for tops. So AEW is a tough one. It's going to take a little company like us or uh, Cryptozoic or one of these small companies is going to have to say, that's a passion project we want to take on. And right now our passion is just trying to get these products out that we've already got on the plate because we just, it's taking everything we've got. But I think AEW wrestling would be a great license for someone to pursue because I think an alternative to WWE is a good thing. Absolutely. Um, I think I think there are some entertainment properties out there that are okay. Again, entertainment is so challenging because if it doesn't work, it's a disaster. You have to hit perfect. It's got to be a great property, and you've got to be in the right place at the right time. Because if you miss and you suddenly make Castle, not picking on those guys for making Castle cards, no one ever needed to make cards for Castle. Or you know, some of these shows that cards were made for, they didn't need to be cards for a lot of those. You know, I just bought a closeout on Gotham today. Someone sold me some boxes for $10. And I'm like, $10? Are you kidding me? You know, but that, and I would have thought that was a decent one. 
But it's like yeah. you just you're too easy to miss on these entertainment properties. You got to be perfect. Well, you have had experience with that with uh, more mortal instrument of mortal bones. Is that was was that the movie? Mortal, mortal instruments is one of the best selling teen books of all time. It was up there right behind Twilight. I mean, it, it's up there in that class as far as the number of books they sold. And it even had star power and it didn't translate. And it's like, how did that not translate? It should have been perfect. It was in the vampire kind of genre that it was in the perfect time, perfect place. And it just still didn't work. And we has that, now, has that shied you away from pursuing other entertainment properties? No, the bigger issue is to me, I don't want to take on a property unless all the biggest names in it would sign. So like for me, I'm not doing The Office unless Steve Carell is signing. I'm not doing Seinfeld unless Jerry Seinfeld signed. I love those two properties. I've always wanted to make those cards. I want to make those cards so bad you have no idea. I just don't believe Carell's going to sign. I don't believe Seinfeld's going to sign. So I'm not even trying. To me, if you're going to do those huge, iconic brands, Friends, if Jennifer Aniston isn't signing, Friends cards, no one's going to care. You need the best names in these products to sign, and that's a challenge. It's lucky for Upper Deck and Rittenhouse on the Marvel stuff that these guys do some appearances and shows occasionally. Otherwise, those products may not work without autographs from some of the big stars. So I think that's my biggest trepidation is I've got to get the biggest and best names to sign for it to make sense. And I just I don't feel comfortable that that's going to be easy to do because I can tell you I made an offer to Scarlett Johansson today that would blow your mind when they turned me down. And it was so much money. It would have taken her 20 minutes, but offered a staggering amount of money, and I got turned down. Biggest deal oh. I've ever offered to a celebrity. And it's like, I give up. I mean, I, she's never going to do it. You know, so that's the problem we face every day is trying to get those big stars, and that keeps us away from entertainment because you've got to have the biggest names, in my opinion, for those products to really have the oomph that we want it to have. Does she have a charity she's passionate about that you, you would try I try yeah. everything. Trust me. I, I'm really – I'm a good salesman. I'm like, trading cards are like advertising. People say forever. So if she promotes her cause on the back, her cause will be out there forever in plastic. And people put that ad on their desk. Didn't work. They don't care. And the amount of money was so staggering. It's stupid. Like, I'm embarrassed how much money I offer. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. But you know, what can I, do? I, just, I made my offer and move on to the next one. And I'm going to get a couple of biggies, but that one didn't work. Well, Biggie's Biggie died. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, Biggie, Biggie, I'm not getting. Okay. <laughs> Before we wrap up, you mentioned something that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, you have been the self-professed person that said my sweet spot is two to three hundred case runs. You said something earlier where that led me to believe that that may not be the case now. That those runs have had to go up to meet the demand. So is, is that, are you more comfortable at a higher level now of, of case and production run? That is the new leaf sweep spot. Well, I'll tell you, we're not, we're not a micro manufacturer anymore. I used to call myself a micro manufacturer. First of all, I'm not, I don't look like micro much of anything. I'm not, <laughs> I'm a fully grown manufacturer, but, um, <laughs> but no, we, we really, we've gotten to the point to where, most of our products are not that small, but when they are, it's because the item is very, very expensive, like a pearl or something where it's thousands of dollars a case. I mean, you know, so we're not going to do a lot of, we're not going to do a lot of two and 300 case runs unless it's something that's just really unique. And because of the nature of the item, that's all we can make. 
But honestly, the market has accepted our products as mainstream products, which is very rare. I mean, you think about the people that came before me that paved the way, like Press Pass and Sage, and their products are not comparable. I mean, we have, te- we have found a way to make player-licensed phenomenal and make it really mainstream. And as we grow into mainstream, when the other guys are making 6,000 or 10,000 cases, we're going to grow into 700, 800, 1,000, 400, 900, whatever it is. We're growing into that, and the market still can't get enough, even at these increased numbers. We're still underproducing dramatically. Because mm. that's always been my model, is if the demand's 800, I make 650. 700. Mm-hmm. And so we're just moving up with the demand. And if things start to slow down or turn back the other way, we'll bring it down and continue to stay under demand. But yeah, 100%, we're going to grow into this because honestly, if we don't supply the market a little better and we way underserve it, the pain that you're seeing where $80 boxes are 800, that's a, I don't really like that trend as much. I'd like to see those $80 boxes be 200, which is still a lot, but like, Consumers can stomach that and really get the value they deserve, and so we're trying to pro- we're trying to produce things so that that's the reality instead of the other one. Good well, stuff, I will Brian. I will say, Brian, I've been seeing on Twitter more and more of the people that that really buy the Leaf products regularly, telling people you don't realize you're how much you're missing out. You don't realize what is actually showing on the secondary market with these things. So, uh, I think you're doing something right. That's for sure. Absolutely. I think Vanilla Ice might have said it best. He said, "Cuts like a ra- cut, uh, fly like a ninja, cuts like a razor blade." So we want to be that guy that behind the scenes. We're just doing what we got to do. You'll notice, and it may be too late for you by the time you notice, but you'll notice, you know, that we that we delivered. At some point, you'll see it. You may not see it in advance, but you'll see it in time. Good stuff, Brian. Hey, listen, thanks for taking some time to join us on Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. It's been a- <laughs> yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. You were everything we would have hoped and expected. And um, we'll do it again now that you have Thursday nights free. You let me know. I'll be here with bells on. All right, Brian. Have a great weekend. Right, guys, y'all have an awesome night. Bye-bye. Brian Gray, founder, CEO, Leaf Trading. How about What a whirlwind that was. How much was packed into that? Yeah, that's definitely a segment that, uh, remember, we have a YouTube channel as well, YouTube uh, Go GTS Live. Hobby interviews get posted tomorrow, the day after the show there. You're going to want to recheck that out and share it with people. Uh, I know sometimes you all don't share the show in the middle because you know that the more people watch live, the more people could win (laughs) what you're going to win. But yeah, so make sure you do check that interview out again tomorrow to catch up everything that you missed. Um, there was also a few things in there that felt, I mean, the Joe Exotic piece, I haven't seen that anywhere. A little exclusive. Um, man, that, that it's just sad and frustrating that they weren't able to. That would have blown things up. But um, again, very interesting, the discussion and the thought process between something niche and the bigger things and how to find your place. Um, great insights. I Absolutely. like it. I think three minutes of Brian every week. We are going to update the poll question, and if I have this correct, 405 people voting. Thanks for all that weighing in. And sick. Sick is definitely the one that you are not liking the most. Um, Lots of great engagement on this. We really do appreciate it. 
in second place is other man this this question got your guys's dander up so that's always fun Thanks for those who were weighing in. All right. Before we take a look at what's going to be hot in the shop for next week, uh, the personal collection of legendary baseball um, broadcaster Vince Scully has been garnering headlines around the country for the last couple weeks. And it brought in over $2 million as part of Hunt Auction's annual MLB All-Star Auction. It was showcased to viewers on local news segment in L.A. last week. Watch this, and we'll be back with Hot in the Shop and wrap things up. Turning to sports now. Retired Hall of Fame L.A. Dodgers broadcaster, Mr. Vince Scully. <laughs> we love him. He's one of the most iconic figures in baseball history. And over his 67-year career, he's acquired this spectacular collection of baseball memorabilia. That's right. On September 23rd, Hunt Auctions will showcase over 300 pieces from Vince Scully's private collection, including championship rings, trophies, scorebooks, and so much more. And so much more. So we are happy to welcome Dave Hunt, president and CEO of Hunt Auctions. He's hanging out in our Sportsnet LA studio with a sneak peek of some of this memorabilia. Thank you, Dave, for joining us Good morning. Today. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Great to be here. Oh, I'm telling you, Dodger fans are going to go crazy. <laughs> Talk about what this collection up for auction actually means to Dodger fans. Like, how significant is this? It is so hard to put into words what Vin Scully means uh, to Dodger fans and really the city of Los Angeles and, and baseball fans in general. Uh, certainly your viewers don't, don't need to be told this, but uh, his tenure, uh, the, the, the eras in which he broadcast from, from the 50s all the way into the 2000s, it bridged so many different generations and so many different fans, players, you know, managers, you name it. Uh, and it gives really almost a history of its own to these objects because it really takes you back to different times in his career and what they meant to certain people that obviously are now going to possibly be interested in some of the items. How fun. Oh, yeah. So this auction was supposed yeah. to take place as part of All-Star Weekend in July, but of course, in the midst of the pandemic, it's moved online. So tell us about some of the items. I was looking through this book, this Pretty auction cool. item guide, everybody's fantastic. <laughs> some really great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the rest of the world, we were affected by all the things going on right now uh, with COVID. And uh, we were so excited to be able to do it at the All-Star Game this year in Los Angeles, which has you know, been postponed. Um, but in talking to Vin and, and really you know, deciding to move forward, we we're so glad, glad that we did. I mean, so many fans have reached out to us and, and said, you know, we're very happy that you did this because there's so little going on you know, in the world now. It's, got, it's opened up a bit since we started the process, but uh, they're really excited about it. So to have this happening, in the midst of obviously the baseball season with the Dodgers doing well, it really worked out beautifully. Um, okay, as far as gotta, items. Yeah, I wanted to you, ask you about that because yeah. we see a lot of bobbleheads and we see pictures. And yeah. what's like, yeah. tell us what you got. Show us what you got. Well, we brought obviously some different highlight pieces. You can start with the rings. Obviously, you know, championship rings are coveted by collectors uh, from anybody related to a championship team. Uh, but when you have a ring that comes from Vin Scully that relates to a Dodgers championship team, pretty special. So we've got two that sort of bridge uh, his tenure. We've got his 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers World Series ring, which was given to him later. He didn't get one in the period, but the team gave him one at a later date. Um, so that's a really special piece because the only time that Brooklyn won 
the World Championship uh, as a Dodgers franchise before they came out to L.A., of course. Uh, and then it bridges all the way to 2017, where this is his NL championship ring. Uh, so anytime you get a personal award like that, that somebody couldn't just collect, you had to be a member of the franchise in some capacity, uh, it really brings quite a premium. And, and again, especially when you've got somebody with Vin Scully's uh, tenure and, and meaning to, to the club, for oh, sure. No doubt about it. And I see his, the CBS radio, that OG microphone, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that yeah. picture of President <laughs> Obama and, and Vice President uh, Biden. So yeah. which item do you think yeah. is going to get the highest bid? The rings? That's a great question. Rings obviously will bring tens of thousands in many wow. cases. Um, but this is, it's really interesting. When you get a collection like Vin Scully's that has so much different important uh, sort of periods to it, almost has a life of its own, uh, you can have something more traditional like a ring bring a lot of money, or you can have something like a scorebook. We've got mm -hmm. something down in front here mm -hmm. that's really kind of a fascinating piece. This is Vin's actual scorebook. Wow that he used during his final season in 2016. So if you are a Dodgers fan and you're talking about history, I mean, this is literally his written history. Where is in there, right? That's spectacular. Absolutely. He scored every one of them. And I think what's so special about this piece is if you go to the final game, uh, which he obviously scored, it really tells you who Vin's all about. He wasn't thinking about what celebration's going to happen after the game with my final broadcast or what am I going to do? He's scoring the game right to the last the pitch, game, right to the last to the out. last second, right? He was in the game. Absolutely. So something like that truly is unique. And you could have it bring, you know, five or 6,000. You could argue it's worth multiples of that because it really is worth what the market will bear and what these pieces mean to people. And that's really what determines pricing in an auction like this. So I was asking you where the proceeds are going to go, right? And you said Vince yeah. has 16 grandkids. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Vin's, he is blessed with a wonderful family. And, you know, Vin's mentioned publicly that he wants to, you know, donate some of the proceeds or, or give some of the proceeds to his grandchildren's college funds. Uh, he's also going to use part of the proceeds to UCLA neuromuscular research. Um, but this was a process for him. And it's something we were very honored to be, you know, selected to be involved with. Um, and and as much as telling in, or, yeah, it is. And suggesting what Vin and his family should keep. Uh, which, of course, they kept many, many things, like his Medal of Freedom, other pieces from other presidents and, and things. And when you're Vin Scully and you've got a 67-year career, you are blessed with an enormous amount of material. So you can actually offer some things to your fans and the public, do some good for your family and some charities, and yet retain a lot of items so they have things as well. But um, I've, we've done this for 30 years, and we've been really honored to be working with a lot of families, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, you wow. name it. And this one is really, truly unique. There's just, I it's can tell touched it's me for to you see. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's touched us to see how much this has meant to people as they've contacted us saying, thank you. I can't wait to bid. I'm so excited. And it just, it's really a testament all to Vin, nothing to do with us uh, or really even the market. Should and be really people, exciting, And giving sure. people, I think, something to look forward to and a little bit Especially of hope now. during this really challenging time that we're all going through. Yeah, there's no question. In our business as a whole, uh, we were nervous like the rest of, of the world back in March of what was going to happen, especially being based on the East Coast. Uh, and it's been absolutely amazing how strong our industry has remained. And I think you touched on it. It's, it's something that takes people back to something that made them happy, something yeah. simple that wasn't uh, affected by COVID. They, they remember a baseball game or, or a team or something that they're missing. Uh, and you're seeing it, it, almost a resurgence 
in, in sort of those, those memories or those nostalgic pieces. And that it just ties, couldn't be a better tie into somebody like Vin Scully uh, to bring some joy to people during some some pretty tough times. It's almost kind of sure. like bringing us home in a way. No doubt about and it. And he brings such comfort, and we've grown yeah. up with him. I and mean, nearly so 70 years, he yeah. was the voice, right, of, for so many of us. And he was that nostalgic, comforting voice. He still voice. is. And now yeah. we get, how what a privilege to be able to have a little part of him with us. I hope the auction is uber successful. Yeah. I can tell it's meaningful to you as well. You're probably a big baseball Dodger fan. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. And, yeah, thank you for having us. No, thank, thank you, you for Dave. sharing the, Great to have you with giving us. us a sneak preview. We're so honored. The auction will take place on September 23rd at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's right. You can visit huntauction.com to preview Vin Scully's marvelous collection of all this amazing, extraordinary memorabilia. We'll be right back. I want the jacket. Forget <laughs> the rings. I want the jacket. All about that look. I do want that jacket. <laughs> and what a great guy. Vince, Vin Scully. All right, um, next up, there are one, two, three, four, five products hitting store shelves, online retailers and breakers next week. And we detail them here in Hot in the Shop. We kick things off with one of my absolute favorite products of the year, 2020, Panini Origins NFL football cards. I love this brand. This year delivers one rookie autograph signed on card one jumbo rookie patch autograph, one jumbo or patch memorabilia card, plus two base cards and two base parallels in every box. Origins Football returns with the beautiful designs on card rookie autographs of the 2020 NFL Draft class. Be sure to check out GoGTS.net for the complete parallel index, which is rather extensive as you might imagine chase all the best and newest rookies ready to burst onto the nfl scene you know them joe burrow tua deandre swift justin herbert chase young and many more that rookie autograph signed on card is going to be hot the rookie patch auto is going to be hot the jumbo patch memorabilia cards are going to be hot yeah rookie autographs rookie jumbo patches rookie rookie jumbo patch autos and rookie jumbo jersey cards and additional autograph and memorabilia content quickly becoming an industry favorite is uh passing stars along with rising stars and receiving stars signatures as well as rushing stars uh, all highlighting top rookies at their chosen position with on-card autographs and low card counts numbered from 25 down to 101. Look for six-star signature booklets this year, as well as rookie star dual patch signature booklets, as well as Origin of Greatness and new Origin Stories. Chase brand new SSP Origin Stories, beautifully designed, hitting at about one per case. Got a 90 card base set. You're gonna get two base cards and two parallels in every box when this hits store shelves next week. Rob, we have a product that says 2020 Panini Contenders Draft Picks Collegiate Bat. That's right, basketball cards from 2020 hitting hobby shelves this week. So exciting. My son is going crazy for them already. He's not old enough to be. He's not old enough to be in it yet, much to his chagrin. 
That said, each box is going to have six autographed cards, plus four base parallels and variation parallels. And you're going to see names like RJ Hampton, Obi Toppin, Killian Hayes, uh, all the hot names from this next year's draft picks uh, class, as well as veteran autographs. So you'll be able to chase names like Anthony Davis, uh, Zion Williamson, of course, can't make a product and not have him in it. Well, they've found a way with inserts like Campus Legends. Uh, also look for these really cool hobby-exclusive Campus ID cards. How cool is that? Uh, including what looks like autographed versions of them. Very exciting uh, hobby-exclusive SSP insert. Look at that right there, the example with Tyrese Halliburton. This is going to be in hobby shops on the second. Exciting. 2020's here. Uh, Ivan, if you would do me a favor and also hit up uh, Topps Factory Sets, that'd be great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a few of these coming in myself, so I'm very excited to see them on the roster. Uh, hey, if you've been having trouble getting product, but you know all the hot rookies, you're going to want to grab a 2020 Topps Baseball Complete Set, 1 through 700. All the base cards found in Series 1 and Series 2. And then get this, the Hobby Edition Complete Set also contains a five-card pack of exclusive, sequentially numbered, foil board parallel cards. So there's a chase element. You're not just getting a complete set. There's an exciting chase element. Uh, also keep an eye out for other configurations with other small bonuses in either five-card variation rookies or other things that will be coming out uh, along with these sets. So 2020 Tops Complete Sets Trading Cards. Luis Robert, Robert. That's all you got to know. Luis Robert. Next up, we have a memorabilia product from Leaf. Full-size autographed football helmets. Four boxes in a case. One full-size autographed football helmet. Uh, look for an exciting list of players, including, but not limited to, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Walter Payton, Drew Brees, Troy Aikman, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Terry Bradshaw, Ezekiel Elliott, Roger Staubach, Joe Burrow, Tua, and many more when this hits store shelves next week. And one more quick note. We uh, hit this in detail last week, 2020 Super Break Heavy Hitters Basketball Edition. Uh, got pushed back one week. It will be out next week for sure. Uh, look for premium buyback cards, including top modern rookies, some of the greatest of all time, other Hall of Famers, silver prisms, refractors, PMGs, RPAs, golds, hollows, and BGS 9.5s, BGS 10s, black labels, PSA 10s, Crazy. and much more. With zero redemptions, in addition, look for hot cases, theme cases, and super hot cases. 2020 Super Break Heavy Hitters Basketball Edition. I was going to say, worth worth noting with that is they've configured it so that all teams are represented, so you can do standard 30-team group breaks for basketball. Absolutely. And that looks at what's going to be hot in the shop for next week. And this is going to about wrap it up for this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show, but we need to put Ivan to work to pull numerous winners tonight. So Russ Cohen, our resident hockey guru, uh, sat down in a media session with NHL Rookie of the Year, K 
Kale McCarr wow. from the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. Just the this, NHL Rookie of the Year. <laughs> with this special off-the-post segment. Watch this, and we'll be back to announce the winners. Congrats, Kale. Uh, you know, uh, you had such a great season in, uh, in playoffs. I'm wondering when you're – we don't know when the season's going to start next, but – when your off season starts in earnest, uh, are you going to be focusing on anything uh, individually at all, training wise, stuff like that, for next season? After you, now that you've been through your first full year in the NHL, for sure. I think um, one big thing for me is just going to be working on um, some cardio aspects of my game and uh, making sure that uh, uh, I have muscles that are durable enough to play um, uh, whatever minutes they need me through night in, night out. So. I think those are going to be two big things that I'll focus on this offseason, but um, yeah. Thanks. No problem. Thanks, Adrian. Next question comes from Arif Dean of Mile High Sports. Go ahead, Arif. Hey, Kel, congratulations on the win. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so you're the fourth or the third current Avalanche to win the award with Landis Gog and McKinnon. Obviously, they've had another guy win it in 1999, but you're the first defenseman to win the award. What does that mean for you to be probably the first big-name defenseman drafted and developed by this organization to win an award like this? Yeah, no, obviously. Um, I'm very honored. And uh, just to be able to bring the trophy back um, to the Avalanche organization is pretty special. And um, like you said, like you touched on, um, those two great players in Landis Gog and McKinnon, obviously they're – they're um, fun to watch, and uh, I'm just happy to be able to to uh, um, boast about the Avalanche organization now and bring it back there. Thanks, Arif. Next question comes from Mike Chambers uh, from many different outlets. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, hey, Kale. It's actually the Denver Post, but uh, uh, congrats, Kale. And, and uh, I want to ask you where you're at right now, how you learned. Are you in Denver Calgary? how you found out and uh, if you've had a chance to uh, meet and talk to, of course, Bill Hay, the 1960 winner and a good family friend of yours. Yeah, of course. No, I'm just in Calgary. And um, yeah, so kind of just found out, got a phone call from uh, one of Rob's personnel and basically told me the news and gave my parents a call. And um, yeah, that was basically it. nothing too, too special. But yeah, um, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to Bill, and um, he's pretty excited. So, no, it's been a pretty cool family relationship with him for quite a while with him and uh, my dad. And um, just in these past few years, I've talked to him quite a bit and stuff. But, uh, no, he's definitely an awesome guy. Thanks, Mike. Next question comes from Emily Benjamin of NHL.com. Go ahead, Emily. Hi, Kale, congratulations. Uh, I've asked this question of, of all the winners tonight and uh, might be both a little easier and harder to ask you. Um, when you look at this award uh, next season, do you have any idea, any thoughts on, on who could sort of succeed you um, as, as next season's Calder? Because we can't leave well enough alone. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Obviously, um, getting closer and closer to the season, um, any young guy can step up in camp. Regardless of what team it is, so no, obviously I'll be watching to see. But um, I, I think for me, it's just I love to see young talent come in the game, and I know we're going to have another good crop coming in this next year. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Next question comes from Rod Mackey of Nine News. Go ahead, Rod. Yeah, Kel, congrats. Want to just ask you what what are the emotions like of the Calder versus the Hobie Baker? Um. I mean, I feel like maybe a little bit similar. Uh, only difference was I got the Hobie Baker in front of a crowd. It was a little bit uh, more nerve-wracking to talk in front of a lot many people. But 
Um, no, um, other than that, I, I feel like for me, they're, they're pretty similar and, um, yeah, just to be able to receive them, obviously I'm very honored. And, uh, I mean, one big difference here was that Wayne Gretzky was presenting the award, like, like touched on. So no, it was pretty, pretty cool. Why don't we come back to Matt in a second? Let's go to Ian McIntyre of Sportsnet. Go ahead, Ian. Thanks, John. Uh, congratulations, Kale. Uh, Quinn Hughes said a, a couple of days ago, uh, he really enjoys watching you and Miro and some of the other young defensemen to see how you play and what he can sort of pick up. Is it fun to be part of uh, this revolution that seems to be underway in the NHL where the, there's so many great young defensemen? And do you think it's going to push you to to be better having so many other good young players in the game? 100%. Um, I'm very honored to just even be considered in that group. And obviously both um, Hughes and Heiskanen are incredible players. And you see what Miro's done in the playoffs here. And then even um, Quinn earlier on when um, both our teams were knocked out. But um, no, they're both exceptional players. I love watching both of them. There's so many things you can pick from both their games to help um, myself as an individual. So no, I'm, I'm excited to see where their futures can go. And um, hopefully we can very cool congratulations to kale mccarr and thank you to russ cohen all right um a couple quick programming announcements for next week we're gonna go with the twofer again uh we're gonna welcome special guest tony todd we mentioned earlier in the program uh the actor stuntman uh celebrity softball player uh tops journalist guru at spring training and owner of a Michael Jordan game used autographed bat from the Arizona Fall League that he found in the trunk of his car. 1966 so, Pontiac Le Mans. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Plus the return of the one and only Tracy Hackler, who's going to sit in with us on a break of select UEFA Euro soccer. Hey. Also came today, but since I knew he was coming on the program, and that he is a soccer guy. I thought we'd uh, open it with Tracy. And that's going to do it. One other programming note, Rob. Uh, Just a quick shout out. Our viewer, Donnie Springfield, watches. His father, Don Springfield, also watches and is having a little surgery uh, coming up this next week. So shout out to you, Don. Hopefully you'll be recovered in time for Thursday or you'll still be able to catch us. But thank you for your support week in, week out. Uh, thank you to Emily Kless, Brian Gray, Tracy Hackler uh, for contributing to tonight's program. Thanks to James Gale behind the scene. Ivan Lovegren, as always. So for the entire GoGTS Live crew, I'm Rob Bertrand asking you to join us next week, thanking you for joining us tonight, and reminding you always be collecting. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.